1: to earn
0: advertised APY. JazzCast Pros. All we have is the image that someone has said that you should be this way, you should talk this way. And if you're not that way, something is wrong with you. I think often we want people to fall in line and everybody has to match. Match behavior, match response. And if someone ventured off, there's backlash to you finding your true self, you being your true self, especially when you wanna be accepted by the majority.
1: Welcome to Igniting Hope Radio, where we realize the differences between equity and equality. Here at the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, quite frankly, we don't want equality, we want equity. Here in Buffalo, New York, 12 years of life is lost by each person living in specific areas of Buffalo because of their race. 0% of health should be determined by where a person lives. We want equity. The only way to change hearts and minds is through emotional engagement, to get people behind it and continuously support the concept with facts. This is our aim and our mission weekly as you join Pastor George on Igniting Hope Radio. Hello, good morning, good evening, good night, whatever time of the day that you are tuning in. This is Igniting Hope Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Kimberly Slugarambe. and thank you for tuning in this week for your weekly dose of hope. We're, we're committed to give you what you need when you need it. Whether you're in your car, at your desk, or on the go, we're here to give you your weekly dose of hope. Today we have the honor of having Ebony M. White. Ebony M. White is a native of Buffalo, New York. She's currently serving as a community outreach coordinator at the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, specializing in community engagement and relationship building, supporting several initiatives such as REACH, Buffalo COVID-19 flu vaccination uptake, Healthy Corner Store Initiative supporting access to fresh fruits and vegetables at local corner stores, and the University of Buffalo Mellow and Mind Study, which evaluates mindfulness impact on stressors. Ebony is also known for implementing and supporting the Hypertension Initiative throughout Buffalo and Niagara Falls in local barber and beauty salons. Ebony's heart is always for the people, and she continues to elevate the voices of constituents. Pastor George, talk to the people.
2: You know, it's so good today to uh, have uh, Ebony join us for our conversation on our Igniting Hope podcast. And, you know, we've been talking the last few uh, podcasts about the challenges that we are facing in our community as it relates to mental health. You know, we're, in a lot of ways, we're a community under siege. We're seeing these images coming from the Ukraine and you see this community's cities under siege being bombarded. And it kind of helps me think about the image of what our, our challenges have been here in, in this republic since uh, our since we our feet hit these shores, that it's been a constant 400-year struggle, right, from 1619 to this very moment. And it really has created a lot of trauma, a lot of brokenness, a lot of broken relationships. It's caused us to have to a have poor image of ourselves, distorted understanding of God. And so what we really want to do with our work with the Buffalo Center for Health Equity is really to tackle head-on some of the mental health challenges and the drivers behind those mental health challenges, and, and then pointing people in directions where they can some, get some help from others, but also some ways that they can help themselves. So, Ebony, what, what are you seeing, what are you hearing, what are you feeling in the season right now about where we are in our, our mental state of mind? uh here in in western new york in our community and what are some of the things that you think are driving those these challenges and what can we do to to help ourselves out
0: it's so many things i'll say that currently we are just really overwhelmed um often the social determinants of health continue to be huge and someone might say well what are those you know where you you live play work and grow at least you want to grow in your community. Keeping one's mind healthy is an effort that people have to be so committed to, to doing. Often in our community, people are alienated due to mental health crisis, or we ignore it. It just continue to trudge along. But we're wounded while we're trudging along and hurting other people along the way. So some of the things that I believe that the center that we are doing here is first starting a conversation, making people aware that help is available to them and coming away from the the stigma that we have about it. You know, you'll find someone, is easier for them to say, I have diabetes versus saying they have a mental health diagnosis. People are demonized also because of their mental health. currently here right now, mental health is at the high level that people see it. It has our attention, but I think we have to do a lot of work in the space of the action, the actions that need to take place. I think we see it. We know. Uh, We feel it. Not just with, you know, people were stressed before the pandemic came. The images that we see, the trauma that we live through day to day. Uh, ACEs look at, you know, childhood trauma, but we have trauma as children and grow up as adults and are further traumatized. So it's just a lot of work. I believe we have the attention, but now we have to have the action behind it. And as you always say, this is a movement that we're in and we have to now together, collectively start moving and progressing and having some action behind uh, our work because it definitely has our attention.
2: So what are we afraid of? You know, we we see it, the mental health challenges that are going on with our people, with even in our own households, and we see it in our community. We we see it can have catastrophic consequences uh, when it's not addressed. So what are we afraid of in terms of really taking this thing head on? I got to get a sense that we still like to talk about mental health in whispers and and really not aggressively you know, embracing that this is a reality within our community that we need to we need to deal with. So what's going on with that?
0: I would say what we're afraid of is our teachers, our families, taught us that it was demonic. So we're afraid of going back to some of our teachers, our beloved teachers, our natural families, and saying we need to address this. It wasn't that long ago for someone who was physically a uh, disabled or intellectually disabled to be put away in as well as mentally. We still have that level of stigma in our very own family. We see it. But now you have to go back to the person that taught you how to deal with things like mental health and differences. And the difference is not being wrong, something being wrong with you. When people have mental health concerns, it's something about them being wrong because that's what has been programmed into us. So we have to do a lot of uh, reprogramming, relearning. So, you know, I think that's often what, what is happening currently, that we have to, to get back to the place of they knew what they didn't know, but now we know and we can do better and not continue to perpetuate what was taught to us. So it's, it's definitely a learning uh, experience for all.
2: You know, when people are, have been traumatized, have gone through trauma. They react and respond to it in in, in various, various ways. And some ways they're healthy, but a lot of ways they're they're unhealthy. How do you see within our community? We know that so many of our young people have been going through trauma because they've been exposed to uh, so many violent episodes even directly or as a witness or the violence that's prolific in, in the entertainment world now, and through video games, through music, through and, and all this. So it's a combination, the constant visual stimulus of trauma, of violence, of abuse. How do you see that impacting what's going on with our young people right now?
0: They're desensitized to what is horrible because that is the norm. That, that's what trauma has done to them. And they behave in that way. They respond to everything that way. But it's also sensationalized, too, when when COVID is still here. But in the peak of COVID, you know, we were continuing to work in this space, trying to communicate to young people while it was important to be vaccinated. You know, they said, well, I mean, if I get it, I die. Like, you're like, what? And they're like, well, I mean, you'll just die. The value of life, of their own life, is so minimal. It's minimalized. So close to dying, near dying, almost is celebrated versus coming to that place where you make a a turn away from whatever you're doing, whatever behavior that you're participating in. They don't even have fear of near death or almost. Um, They just continue to go in that path. And many around them go in that same path. And, And those before them still Move in that path is so normal that when you say that it's not normal, they're like, what are you talking about? This is all I know. 14, 15. This is the norm for them that we have to continue to illuminate that it is not normal, that we should not experience a lot of the things that we experience at such early ages that we no longer have value for life, even in the very early stages
2: of life. I'm sitting here reflecting about the conversations that we've had. We've, you know, with the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, we've been you know inviting the co- the community into a conversation around uh, self harm, around mental health. And I hear you. I hear you when I when when people when we think that a lot of young people don't have this kind of respect for life or they don't have fear of death. But I think there's also a level of folks that. That it's a facade, right? That that deep down, I I just think that one of the one of the challenges going on in the community right now is that we have so many of our people, not just young people, but people of all different ages and stuff. A lot of us are walking around with masks on, the mask of of hiding who we really are and hiding about what we really feel and what we really think about ourselves and about the world in which we live. And and we almost put on costumes and and we almost, you know, when you see people kind of present themselves out in the public world and you're just like, wow, you know, what is it that you're trying to hide from the world? Why are you trying to present yourself in such a way? Why are you trying to almost distort how you look? And and then we see people in the in the way that they talk and, and some and, and it's almost like like a strange like three act play, right? You know, I get right to it, right? I cut right through all the the, the mask and the, the surface stuff, and I really want to see and experience the true person, you know. And I think in our existence here in this country, that so many of us don't really know who we are, you know. And we spend our times trying to figure that out, or we try to we try to play different roles, and and we try to see where we fit in, and 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 it's very sad. It's very it's very heartbreaking. It's a confused state of. Of mind of so many people, and they're beautiful, good people, and they have so much to offer, and and they need to, you know, um, let the world see the beauty of, of who they really are. But the world has distorted things in such a way that, you know, we just feel so badly about ourselves. So how do we push past that? How do we push past this, this self-loathing that too many of our people are wrestling with? Um, and then they project their, their own self-loathing upon their children. They interact and interface with them with such anger and contempt that breaks the spirit. I mean, we've all seen young children who just do things that children do. Like, I really hate this, what I see. And if you do this, stop doing it to your child, man. you, you, You can't take a child into a store or into a mall. And expect that child not to be stimulated, not to get excited, and not try to touch and feel and see things and and see, you know, what is this environment that I'm in? and, And what is this? And if I see something that's, and I'm curious about it, I want to see how it feels. Don't scream at that kid. Smack him. Didn't I tell you don't touch nothing? Well, why'd you bring him out? You touching stuff. You seem to be trying to experience the space that you're in. And then you bring your child into this space and you want the child not to experience it. It's just bizarre. But I'm just, you know, it's just, I'm troubled in my spirit today. And as I reflect and I think about and I see the world that we're in, and I know that there's so much better we can do and there's so much better we can be simple things, right? Even before we pull down the system of institutional racism and white supremacy, while we're working on that, right? There's things that we can do to be better to, to ourselves. So I know there's probably a question or comment in there somewhere, but what's your response, it?
0: Honestly, I think you captured it at the end, learning to be better to ourselves. We can keep a good count of who we believe have been good to us, but we don't, we're not really good to ourselves as a community. And most people have been raised in an environment where everything is do as I say and do as I say is control. So you never had the opportunity to, in the process of learning yourself, explore, right? So you, you gave this scenario of going into the store and a child goes in the store and they already have the law. This says, don't do this, don't do that. So people never learned how to explore the world that they're in to really find themselves. All we have is the image that someone has may have placed for us said that you should be this way, you should talk this way. And if you're not that way, something is wrong with you. I think often we want people to fall in line and everybody has to match. Match behavior, match response. And people are not able to, uh, again, as you, you placed it as being their true, them, them true selves. I'll say just as a community, we don't even know who we truly are, like who we are as people. What we like to do. Uh, You hear people sometimes say, you know, they'll make like stereotypical thoughts and they say, well, only so-and-so, this group only does that. What do you mean? That's not true. And if someone ventured off, there's backlash to you finding your true self, you being your true self, especially when you want to be accepted by the majority, Uh, the majority that operates in that control, the do's and the don'ts, and not really the explore, on an individual basis and how to really be good to ourselves. So honestly, yeah, it's a discovery. Life is discovering all sorts of things that you like, that you may not have been exposed to. Now, We've been exposed to some really bad things in our lives, but trying to discover more of other things to, in the process of figuring out what we like, what we like to do and who exactly we are and operate in our power individually.
2: Just the the freedom that we have to find in ourselves, you know, the freedom of, our, of expression, the freedom of dressing like you want to dress, cutting your hair the way you want to cut. I mean, all this other stuff that we just, there's so much external oppression that we as African-Americans deal with in America. It's systemic and structural racism, anti-Blackness, the microaggressions of our, of our workplaces and other places of business. And so we have all that to deal with. That's real. That's real stuff. But what's really bizarre is internally within our own community. Well, you know, I'm a pastor, right? And I dress the way I want to dress. And I don't feel like I need to, like, have a black suit on. <laughs> the past I call it the pastor's costume. It's bizarre. It's just really, really bizarre. And, you know, you come to my church, I mean, some days I'll, I'm on Sunday morning, I'll be in there with a t-shirt and a jeans on, right? Because that's what I feel like wearing that Sunday. What's that got to do with anything? We we just hamper ourselves. We, we put ourselves in these, we have all this external oppression that goes on, and then we add on internal oppression, right? This whole other set of expectations that we have deemed to be the authentic blackness or the authentic behavior within church or the authentic this, that, and the other. And it, all it does is just add tension, stress, and pressure to our lives. And we have to learn how to be more comfortable in the skin that we're in. We need to learn how to celebrate other people who who might have a different different vibe that you have, you know, and and celebrate them and cheer them on when they go through their notions of discovering who they are and how they want to present themselves to the world. Uh, because I think a lot of that, Quite frankly, I think adds to the mental illness of our community, man, just just trying to live up and to create this place of acceptance based on who who made who made these rules. (laughs) So what's your thought? And then and then share a little bit about because we're coming to our close. Share a little bit about where people can get some help.
0: I agree. I agree totally. It's, it's hard when you want to fit in. No one wants to be rejected. But I think the hardest rejection is the internal rejection amongst your own, your own. You value the relationship with you. You value the history. Uh, you value the triumph between you and your, you know, your peers, in your culture. But you will be pushed out and rejected because you don't fall in line. You don't Again, you don't know, dress like them, you don't speak like them. Or you, you both could be looking at the same thing, but you can get a different perception of it when all they wanted through control was one perception, right? So that, that's also an issue too. And that's hard to live in for people to try to operate when A, they say that they're free to be them, but they still want to be a part of this so they give up some level of freedom And for those who did not join the center last night, um, uh, Erin M. Moss, uh, the licensed mental health uh, counselor, shared a term called hustle culture, of never knowing how to be still, never knowing, just always doing something, you know, people will refer to always on the grind, always get their hands to the plow. But that is what is celebrated. But there is a backlash behind that culture. And I'm so glad that she, she brought that up because many people are multitasking and struggle to get centered and be calm and, and kind of collect themselves every day. And it's hard. Everything about us in our, in our community, is everything we do is super fast, right? Our food is made fast. We book all of our meetings and places to go. We have a tight, tight schedule. That we struggle to be still and just be, be who we are and where we are in that present time. So, what I want to share is a couple of resources. If you are experiencing any uh, suicidal thoughts, Suicide Prevention Line is available. That number is 1 800 273 8255. Crisis Services 716. If you wish to text and not make that phone call, they are available for texting daily, 4 to 11 p.m. 716-392-2221 and also 211 for any other additional supports or linkages. Those are just a few numbers that I believe everyone should have. Just like if you know you see smoke, you see a fire, you know who to call. Mental health, I want that to be our response versus whispering, not doing anything. It's, it's available. There are people equipped and ready to help you to meet your needs. So so I just look forward to uh, being with everyone and learning together how to better improve our community.
2: We are blessed to have you be part of our conversation today. Please go onto our website, buffalohealthequity.org, buffalohealthequity.org. And when you, when you log on to there, the information about uh, You Are Not Alone, our, our four-part series that we've been doing together as a community, uh, this really wants to have, we want to give information, we want to, uh, we want to engage you in conversation, and we, we want to put our community on the path for healing, collective healing, uh, and we need to desperately build a community of care And that's what we're committed to doing here at the Buffalo Center for Health Equity. So this is Pastor George Nicholas, chair of the Buffalo Center for Health Equity, and thanking you for spending some time with us today with our Igniting Hope podcast today. Thank you.
1: This has been Igniting Hope Radio Podcast. We thank you for tuning in for your weekly dose of hope in case our listeners are not aware our podcast ignite and hope podcast is mobile downloadable easy to access and is now officially available on spotify apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast streaming platforms western new york national and global listeners now have access to important content they need when they need it At home, at their desk, on the go. So please go and check us out. If you're not already following us on Facebook, you can follow us on Facebook at Buffalo Health Equity. That's at Buffalo Health Equity. If you're on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Igniting H. Igniting H. And if you're on Instagram, please go over there and follow us at Buffalo Center for Health Equity 18. That's Buffalo Center for Health Equity 18. Until next time, stay healthy, stay safe. Be well and don't lose the hope.
0: ¿Buscas trabajo? Únete a un equipo ganador. Swissport está contratando agentes de carga, empleado para recarga de combustible y agentes para manejo de personal de tierra. Swissport ofrece entrenamiento pagado, salario competitivo y mucho más. Están contratando para el Aeropuerto Internacional Doles. Para más información envía un texto con la palabra Swissport al 22100 o visita Swissport.com
2: diagonal careers. Palabra Swissport al 22100 o visita Swissport.com diagonal careers.